And good morning. Welcome to the 10 o'clock hour on WTMJ. We are broadcasting live from our Avenue Studios in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Well, unless you're living in a cave, we had a big election last night in Wisconsin. And one of the winners last night was former justice from the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Daniel Kelly, who joins us live on the phone. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I am wonderful on this Wednesday. I imagine you're feeling pretty good yourself after after the arduous arduous campaign in the primary. Now I it all am. it all starts over. So how are you feeling this morning? That's right. I, it all starts over today. Uh, this is the first day of the campaign, and I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm so grateful to the people of Wisconsin for moving me along to the general election campaign. And uh, before we say anything else, I want to make sure to to know how grateful I am to Judge Doro for how gracious she was last night and uh, the conversation that we had, how generous she was in pledging her support to making sure that we win on April 4th. And to all of her supporters uh, who did such great work for her, uh, I am I admire you greatly, and I hope you give me an opportunity to win your support as we move through the next six weeks. So that's kind of leads me to my first question for you, beyond the how you feel in question, is that there's been so much made about the bitter divide in politics, and not just in this race, but any race, really. If anything from a state Senate race, U.S. Senate president, now Wisconsin Supreme Court, all eyes will be on Wisconsin, very important race for the future direction of the court. What do you say to the folks who, who look at this angst and tension and rhetoric and say, maybe we just focus on our jobs. How do you, as a potential justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, how do you address that? Well, first, I would note that um, it really wasn't bitter between Jennifer and me, and it wasn't bitter between her supporters and my supporters. This was largely manufactured by a couple of people with big mouths, and I think that's really unfortunate. So uh, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to everybody who cares about our Constitution and the liberties that it protects uh, to come along and, and help us out as we go through the next six weeks in the sprint to April 4th. Because really what we face together is a unique and grave threat that we've never faced before. You know, this is going to be an election like no other because we, there's, my opponent is a candidate like no other. In my memory, I have never known a judicial candidate to campaign on a platform of dishonesty. But that's what my opponent is doing. She is promising that if she makes it to the Supreme Court, she's going to place her thumb on the scales of justice, and she's going to make sure that the cases turn out in a way that comply with her personal values rather than what the job of the court actually is, which is simply to say what the law says, make sure the cases turn out the way the law and the Constitution require. So that is a, uh, that's a grievous and an ancient uh, form of dishonesty that has been universally condemned for thousands of years. But that's what she promises to bring to the Supreme Court. I think it is, uh, it is just unbelievable that a judicial candidate would do that. But that's the fight. Uh, it really is to maintain the constitutional order in the state of Wisconsin to make sure that we live under the rule of law and not the rule of Janet. So the word constitution, it comes up mm-hmm. a lot in conversations with justices. I had three of the four candidates on my show. Is it a originalist interpretation of the constitution? Because we know that the constitution and the law evolves. It's interpreted by justices. So like, I understand that, that there are the, the elements related in that piece of 
of work, but it is in our, our country's history, but it, it is also can be interpreted. So a justice, I think you would agree, has to understand both the original meaning, but also the, in, the modern interpretation. No, I actually don't agree. Okay. Tell uh, me why. Tell con- me why. Yeah. So our constitution uh, does change over time, but it, is, it changes according to its own provisions uh, as same as with the United States constitution. So for example, um, Article 5 of the United States Constitution uh, provides for the amendment of that document. And similarly, Article 12 of the Wisconsin Constitution provides for the amendment of that document. And I studied both of those provisions really carefully. And what I found is that it assigns zero role to the court in changing that document. That is a conversation that is you know, the people of Wisconsin and the United States have reserved to themselves with their legislators. So, uh, so I completely reject the idea that any justice gets to change the Constitution or interpret it in brand new ways that it was never understood to mean. Uh, that is a fundamentally illegitimate project. So, uh, so our job is to uh, discern the original public meaning of the Constitution and apply it. And if we do that, if we do it faithfully, then one, uh, that preserves the, preserves the rule of law. And then two, it allows the people of Wisconsin to know, well, look, maybe there is a change to the Constitution that's needed, and then they can start that conversation with their legislature, which is the one that has the role in leading that change. So, uh, so that is the single biggest difference between my opponent and me. Uh, she believes the Constitution is something that is new every day that she can craft and mold to her personal tastes and desires. And I believe that the Office of, Ju- of Justice is created by the Constitution, and the authority that we use is given great is loaned to us by the people of Wisconsin. And they've, uh, when they've made that loan, they've told us that they want us to do one thing, just one thing, and that is decide their cases according to the law. And they've told us they're not interested in whether we think it's a good law or an effective law or uh, efficacious. Uh, they tell us that they have an entirely different branch of government to have those conversations with. They call it a legislature. So our role is simply to apply the law as it is. Um, but that's that's the constitutionally assigned role. The role that Janet wants to take for herself is actually to put herself above the law so that the uh, the cases come out the way that she wants them to, so they comply with their personal values. Justice Daniel Kelly yeah, joining us on WTMJ. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I want to get a couple more yeah. questions before we have to let you go, because I know you have a hard stop coming up. What are the numbers? This is sort of the the campaign side of this question. And thanks for the great explanation on on the uh, on the what your think your role is on the numbers side. Pretty significant difference between the liberal candidates and the conservative. How do you make up that gap in the period between now and April fourth? Uh, in terms of uh, resources or votes, both. There's a lot of money that the one candidate had that the others didn't in this race yeah. for the primary, and the votes margin was also pretty significant. So both. Yeah. So on the votes, uh, this is why we have a general election campaign. Uh, you know, people were kind of sitting and watching to see what, ha- what might happen between Jennifer and me. Uh, so I think it's going to be re-engaging everyone who cares about their constitution and the liberties it protects. 
and uh, and that's the way we we make up that margin. And as far as resources go, similar kind of thing. There are a lot of people sitting on the sideline waiting to see what happens in the primary. So uh, our uh, expectation and our hope is they all jump in now and uh, that this will be a fully funded effort. In fact, we really don't have any concerns uh, about that at all. We uh, we believe there will be more than enough resources to uh, have a full conversation with the people of Wisconsin all over the state about how important it is to protect our Constitution so that that can protect our liberties and how very, very important it is to keep this unique and grave threat from gaining a seat on the Supreme Court. As far as the uh, the logistics of the campaign, over the next six weeks, will you be everywhere in Wisconsin? Everywhere, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I appreciate you taking the time. I know this is a busy day for you. I know you have a lot of things going on. I, I can imagine this is going to be a busy six weeks. Um, just for the folks who are out there in Wisconsin, tell us where you're going. What, what are you going to do? Well, I uh, actually have to look at my calendar to figure that out. As you might know in uh, uh, campaigns like this, I lose control of my own calendar. <laughs> you hand so it off. I wake yes. up in the morning. Yeah. I just wake up in the morning and look at, well, where am I going to be today? So it's an adventure every day. I'm looking forward to it. But we will be uh, all the way from Hayward to Kenosha, all stops in between. And uh, I am looking forward to this conversation like you can't even imagine. Justice Daniel Kelly, one of the two final candidates for the soon-to-be-vacant position in the Wisconsin Supreme Court. I always appreciate your time, and I, I know that we will talk again in the future. I will look forward to it. Steve, thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. You're listening to WTMJ.